Welcome back for another episode of the KX Emerging Research Podcast. We're focusing on research that's happening right now. It's science so fresh, you haven't even heard about it yet. I'm Stacey Cochran. And I'm Kim Winslow with the Knowledge Exchange. We're continuing our discussion with agricultural communicator, Dr. Kara Lawson from the Department of Agricultural Communication, Education and Leadership in the College of Food, Agricultural and Environmental Sciences. Welcome back, Kara. Thanks, Kim. It is great to be back. So, Kara, we've chatted about your new AgTech Innovation Hub research project, exploring climate perceptions nationally, and your new measurement to capture public perception of the farmer's role, whether they're contributing to or helping to mitigate uh, the climate crisis. Well, and now a big part of your work uh, has assessed information seeking and risk navigation. Now, those phrases can mean so many different things. So can you explain a little bit about what they mean in your work? Yes, I'd be happy to. And you're right, Kim. These words can take on a number of meetings. But for me, this really kind of goes back to my experience in Oregon and navigating the wildfires there. I knew how to Google things, but I didn't really know how to navigate all of the information that I encountered I didn't have any risk experience in this way, and it was not easy for me to figure out a plan for myself on how to navigate the wildfire moving closer and closer to my sure. home. Yep. Yeah. So as people seek to resolve questions, they go through a process of information seeking. And when they feel they have reached what's called an information sufficiency threshold, or they feel like they've got enough information about the issue the information seeking stops there and they make a conclusion. So in information seeking, there are a variety of factors involved and some people process information more quickly than others, which is okay sometimes depending on those factors. Um, But it can also sometimes result in misinformed conclusions and in turn, maybe not the best course of action. So in my work in risk communication, I want to understand the factors that encourage what's called systematic information processing, which is really just a thoughtful effort in information seeking and processing. Um, People carefully consume the information from a variety of sources here, and they, as a result, tend to have a more complete understanding of the issues. Sure. So, Kara, are you telling me that I need to go beyond page one in my Google search? <laughs> well, it depends on those background factors, Kim. If you already have a variety of experience and understanding about an issue, it might not take you long to navigate it. Like I said, um, you know, when a snowstorm is coming through Ohio, that doesn't require a lot of information seeking. Maybe just kind of let me know the time, let me know when to expect it. But, you know, if you've lived in Ohio for a while, you know how to get your home ready, right. um, you know, to bring your animals and things like that. But if you don't have any experience, then yeah, it needs to take a little bit longer probably. And especially as we seek to navigate issues that are complex and unfolding and ever evolving, systematic processing is probably the way to go. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. Does that involve then uh, trying to figure out maybe the best sources for where you get information and how trustworthy those sources are? Yeah, it definitely is a factor. Um, So I mentioned, you know, I just kind of Googled wildfire coming toward my home. What do I do? Or something like that. And it's like, okay, do I trust like 
this blogger or is there like a department of agriculture with information is Oregon state extension doing anything? So it was just trying to also sort through that and determining the sources to use is a big part of information seeking. It's it's oftentimes a pretty quick evaluation. um, But if you don't get what you need there, then it's just as quick to go back and abandon it. So it's, it's an interesting process. Yeah. And there's so much information on the internet. Exactly. Yeah. Not accurate. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And Kara, that was actually going to be my next question. So even though we are thinking through different sources, I would assume each person thinks of different sources as trustworthy or not trustworthy. So you listed a few that I yeah. certainly would resonate with, you know, would resonate with me. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. do you kind of get at that angle for folks? Yeah, that's an interesting question. And it's really important because I talked a lot about message creation in the other episodes. But if we have no way to get the message to the publics that need it, well, that's pretty much a fail. You know, like we need to get that message out. So understanding those sources is so important. Um, We have seen some common themes in the cases of extreme weather. Um, People look to um, their local news Um, like the weather people from the local news, they look to um, a lot of like weather related sources. And I would have to look back at the data to remember specifically. Um, But there are popular sources that do rise to the top. Um, Of course, there are a variety of sources that people will investigate. But it is good news for those of us trying to communicate to different audiences that we can for the most part, um, get a pretty clear vision of the sources that that we would need to partner with. Sure, right. sure. Yeah, like your parents, I'm sure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, a good source of information. Family and friends; those <laughs> informal relationships are really important, um, and that's usually like within the top five, at least, just wow. like interpersonal relationships. Nice. Interesting. Well, and I, so knowing all of this information, knowing that you're sending the survey, knowing that we're really excited about the conclusions that you're going to find (laughs) and that this first kind of wave of funding is only a year long. Can Mm -hmm. you tell us about next steps or timeline? Yeah, well, this, this has been great. Um, Again, because it's giving me and my team this foundational national view of such a huge issue and how people perceive it. So the next step is to create those messages and start testing with those audience segments. We'll know how certain groups feel about the issue, what they value, um, you know, their experience. So it's really kind of a ready-made opportunity for us to test some messages um, that are specifically written and developed with all of their factors in mind. So I hope that I can use these data and findings to launch a new survey, um, a new study to just keep this line of work going for years to come. Um, It is something where with every study, you learn a little bit more, but you still don't learn a lot. (laughs) You know, a research problem is big and each study is just like a little bit it's like a crumb of a pie. And, you know, eventually I hope to get like a slice of the pie. Um, And I I think I can do that with um, my great collaborators and partners and with all of the support um, from people from groups like Nationwide and Farm Bureau um, through exciting projects like the Act Innovation Hub. 
Do you imagine that some of these messages that you'll be developing might actually then be used with larger, like statewide or federal agencies then that would deal with emergencies in their state? I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Knowing that, um, you know, especially that people look to like their local news, um, you know, as a resource, I would love to present this work at like a weather conference or, or, or yes. something like that, just yep. to try to help get it out there a little bit more. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because like, we've got to have that, we've got to have that, um, ways of getting the message out. Sure. Right? Yeah. When I think about like a, there's a tornado in Ohio and everybody's watching the radar and they're talking about it, you know, it'd be great if there was a resource on the screen, right. you could look at this website or you could visit here to get more information. Whatever yeah. And be. I think there's a great opportunity for extension as well. Mm -hmm. You know, having the people, you know, boots on the ground. Um, right. I would love to see them be able to use this information to to be more helpful in these times. Yeah. Sure. Well, and I was even thinking, Kara, that it could be helpful for preparing as well. So you think yes. decision yeah. makers and you think exactly you know, being Local able to have these conversations. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, that yeah, sounds like 100%. a dream, doesn't it? Did you just say dream? I did. I said a dream. Did you? So, mm -hmm. Hey, Kim. Oh, my gosh. What? <laughs> Did you know that it's time for our Dream Big segment? It's my favorite. <laughs> Kara, we ask all of our podcast guests to answer this question. Mm -hmm. uh, if you had unlimited resources, meaning funding, time, support, people, what big question would you research? Mm -hmm. Well, this is a fun question to think about. And I love doing research. I love exploring complicated issues and the ways that people navigate and think about them. And I hope someday that I will have a social science laboratory at Ohio State Ooh. that explores Ooh. the big questions about risk communication and information seeking. Um, and, and even, you know, beyond climate change, there are so many issues that need yes. to be teased out. So yeah. I would just love to have a lab, um, you know, full of really smart graduate students and fellow faculty just chipping away at these issues. And, and I have a great team at Ohio State, and I get to work with really smart people from across the country. Um, you know, for those outside of Ohio, we often talk about how cool it would be to, like, build our own university and, like, we would all just <laughs> be this giant think tank. But, I mean, I feel like at the same time that would – we would miss out on some of the nuance of these issues specific to our sure. different areas. Sure. Um, but I, I think like my, my dream big picture is just to kind of continue what I'm doing. Um, I really enjoy it. And for a topic like risk perception, there are just so many factors that yes. go into it. We've only, you know, seen the tip of the iceberg. Um, there's so much left to be explained and there's a long way to go. And for now, I am really curious about going um, the, the distance on this one and figuring out more. Sure. Wonderful. Oh, my gosh. I, so the people who are listening to this can't see that we're looking at each other on uh, virtually. And my I'm welling up. My tears <laughs> in my eyes. So I love excited. it. I know. Well, it's just so fun to talk with researchers who really care about what they do. They're doing yep. it because mm -hmm. it is, you know, it's it's a purpose for them. And it's so it's really it's really neat to hear right. you talk about this and that your dream big is actually happening right now. 
So it's, yeah, (laughs) it is just maybe a little bit bigger, but it's, yeah, it's, it's unfolding nicely. That's great. That's so cool. Well, Kara, thank you so much for having this conversation with us. We've really enjoyed it. We're really looking forward to the survey and its outcome so that we can better understand how people can talk with one another about such a tricky topic. And, And it can be really scary for people. So thank you for doing the work that you're doing. Yeah, well, thank you both. It's been so much fun to talk about this. And I've really enjoyed talking with both of you today. Likewise. Thank you so much, Kara. And thanks for joining us for another edition of KX Emerging Research. For more fresh science, visit kx.osu.edu.